The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I'm telling you, I love life-giving relationships. I love what we're talking about. We're talking about love. And so, I don't know about you, but here's just kind of a little trivia for you. Who is the greatest disciple? Who represented the, the, the most love? You ever thought about that? Like, who is the greatest disciple of love in the New Testament? I, I know many of you are thinking, it's John. Because John wrote a lot about love. He just did. And maybe some of you are like, oh, you know, I think it's Paul. Because Paul obviously wrote 1 Corinthians 13. This is the one that we're going over. But really, I think it's Peter. And here's why. Because Peter's mother-in-law was sick. And Jesus... He asked Jesus to come and pray for her and heal her. And so um, I just think that that's, a, that's love on a different level. And so I would do the same for my mother-in-law. I don't know where she's at, but, it, but I would do that for her. Um, show love in just a, an endless way. But Peter's mother-in-law was hurt, down, and he said, Jesus, come in. I think that's love. I don't know. Uh, some, of you are other, some of you are like, this is funny. Some of you don't get it. And some of you are offended. It's cool. It's just like church. Um, but, uh, but today we're talking about unity and, and I, and I want to ask you, a, I guess a more serious question is, uh, how is your love life? How is your love? I know you probably didn't drive to church thinking today if they're going to, the pastor's going to ask me about my love life. I don't want details, but, but how is your life of love toward Toward people. Uh, is it thriving or is it on life support? Uh, the, the, the theme of our life, and, and especially in this culture, we have a selfie generation. And so, and, and, and for some of us, and it's so funny, you think about Instagram and we've got selfies and ussies. And, and so I'm thinking that it would, be more of, it would be more cool for us to be an ussy church where everyone's involved than a selfie church, which it's all about you and your talent and your gift and it's all about you. But anyway, Instagram is a funny thing because at least for all of us, over 35, you know, if you want to look at our awkward moments, you have to go to our house, pull out, come on, somebody, the, the, the photo album. You have to, you know, look at our school yearbook when our hair was like greasy and damn. <laughs> and, and if you want an embarrassing picture of us, you have to go find it. But for all of you 35 and under, we get to see it every day. <laughs> Anytime we want an awkward moment, we just scroll about eight years down and boom, you're, you're there with all of your glory. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know, but, you know, there is no doubt that we are in a society where it's me. It's a me-centered society. It, it's, it's narcissistic in the sense that, you know, everything revolves around us. And that, we see that that produces aggression, materialism, uh, shallow values. And it's important as we engage into our society that we don't, adapt. It's okay to engage. It's okay to do life. You know, I don't think that God's calling us to go live on a mountain by ourselves and sing kumbaya. You know, the reality is we are to be salt and light, but, but it's very important for us not to allow the culture's way of coming up with answers or what they deem as appropriate for that to now change and alter our thoughts 
And before we know it, we love God emotionally, but we act like the world in a lot of other areas of our life. And, and as we look through this, it's important for us to, to dissect what is going to keep us unified. And obviously, I'm doing a play on words about your love life, but, but really, I'm hoping that today you're, you're able to walk out and go, how is my love, how is my love toward other people? Love is a foundational concept for the Christian faith. It was love that you're even here. And, and sometimes, some of you may be here because you saw a sign or you were dragged or someone just has been beating you over the head. You have to come, you have to come. And just to get them to shut up, you decided to come. But, but for whatever reason that you're here, the Christian faith, come on, love is what changes and develops and ministers to people. It's love that has a young couple decide we're going to sell all we can and we're going to go to the mission field. It's love that the Apostle Paul is in jail, incarcerated, and he continues to write to the church and tells them how they can be better. It's love that, that causes us to meet someone that we don't really know and open ourselves up. Because every time you open yourself up, there's a possibility of someone rejecting you or hurting you or lying to you. And, and then when you open yourself up to go get coffee with someone or, or to go hang out with someone, it, 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 you're investing. It's, it's out there and you're not sure that it's going to be returned. You don't really know how it's going to work out. That's love. You know, it's love that allows us to freely give and minister so that ministries can increase and so we can go do work and help other girls, other men, people in Belize. All of that is, a, is an act of love. And while I don't want to just harp on uh, the charitable part, uh, without love, we need to understand that our relationships will crash. Yeah. Nothing can stay together without love. No relational um, um, no, no relationship can stay together without the glue of love. It will constantly, you can get married on an agreement, but you can't stay together without love. I'm just telling you, love is it. In our current political season, it's very easy for tensions to escalate. Even in the body of Christ, how do we stay, to, how do we stay together when, when our economy is like this? How do we stay together when our, the, our whole political system, who we should vote for, how we should vote, what, what's going on in our country? Will we stay a country where freedom rings or has that bell been silented by favors and incentives and loss of moral compass? And so we have all of these things that divide us and, and move us, but, but how does a church stay unified in the midst of us coming up and thinking through how to navigate life. And I want to talk a little bit about this today. During our series, we have been spending some time moving through 1 Corinthians 13, and we were talking about unity. And in this chapter, it's, very, it's a very popular chapter. If you've been to church or a wedding or a funeral, someone has read a portion of 1 Corinthians 13 to you. And it gives a description of what love is and what love isn't and what love does. And that's what I want to talk about today. What love is, what love isn't, and what love does. And my assignment today is staying together. How do you stay together? And, and in a culture where oh, almost 50% of marriages end in divorce. And, and you need to understand, I think 
where we're at as a culture is everybody is so um, sensitive about everything, so it puts pressure on the pulpit to not be able to speak truth because truth offends. But the reality is it's love and truth together. If it's just truth, truth alone will cripple you. It'll leave you bleeding on the side of the street. Truth alone, you know, you can't just walk up and tell everybody the truth. You know what I'm saying? You, your, your, your Facebook will go down to zero. You just can't walk up and truth them, you know. Hey, I, here's what I think. You know, this way I think. That's what I feel. If it's, I, I believe it. I, it's true. And you just tell them. Come on, have you ever said something that you wish you could take back? And, and so that's why we measure it with love. Love and truth together help cultivate and grow people. Love and truth. And so as we look at this, I want to walk through this. And I don't care who you are, how long you've been at church. This verse is one of those challenging, convicting verses. Okay, so I don't care where you at. You may be, you know, you and the Holy Spirit like talk daily and you, you float. You, you're a floater. Uh, some of you may, you may have just got, I don't care who you are. When you read this verse, you're like, ah, ah, yeah. So let's, let's have a positive fun time together and let's read it. Okay. Love suffers long and is kind. Dang. Right there. Right there. Some of you are just, you're, you're gone right there. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, and hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether... but but. Whether there is prophecy, they're going to fail. Whether there's tongues, it'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, we're talking about Jesus, then all of it will be done away. See, the reality for all of us is, what is the goal of the church the goal of the church is that we are going to be in, in eternity with our Father. And all of this is moving us down the road to one day. Come on, and we used to sing about this. Maybe not now, but in the old days, the sweet by and by. You know what I'm saying? We had the hymns. We had the songs. When we get to heaven, you know, and, and so sometimes, I don't know why, but in this culture, we've lost the, the idea of where it is that we're headed, where we're going. That there is a heaven and there is a hell. And the reality is this, that if you are a believer, you're saved by grace. We're, we're going somewhere. We're moving through this to a destination. And so something that keeps the church unified is that we realize where we're going. We're all going to be there. And guess what? There may be some... Republicans there and there may be some Democrats there and there may be some independents there and da we're all gonna walk the streets of gold together. We're, we're, we're going some place and do not allow a label or a thought or a grouping to hold you back. And re try to reinsert or redefine the purpose of what it is that we're doing. 
Here's where we're going. And, and so if we're going there toward heaven, then our goal here is to be made into the likeness and the image of Christ. That's the goal. The, the goal isn't to make $100,000, although holla if you do. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I'm mad at you. You know, the goal isn't to drive a new vehicle. The goal isn't to be able to slam a basketball. The goal isn't, I want to do that. The goal isn't to sing. The goal is, these are all things that God gives us for us to find enjoyment in, but our joy is set on where we're going. On where we're going. And so when the church loses sight of where we're headed... Then strife and division and alliances. And come on, we like Survivor. We voting people off the island. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I don't know if I can sit by you. I need to go sit on the right side of the church. Oh, I need to go sit on the left side of the church. And, and, and it's like, what? We're all going the same place. Now you got to work on you. And, 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 our, and we would love. We thrive at working on everybody else. Come on. I can fix you. Like this. And I know you feel the same way. Man, I could fix, I could fix that. I could fix that. You, you parents, you walk into Walmart, you see a cut, you're like, I can fix that. You know what I'm saying? We just look around. Come on, somebody. We look around. If I can, I can fix this. You see that attitude? And you're like, oh, I can fix this. And, and I think that a lot of time, the Bible is not written for your neighbor. It's written... For you. And so that's like, that's like full study. That's like totally involved, like extracurricular what? I, this is what I'm doing. And I'm not there yet. And as we talk about this, let's spend some time unpacking this concept that Paul wants to give us today as he's defining what love is so the church can continue to thrive. It's so easy for us to operate on a lesser level of love, a love that is based on how we feel rather than a choice. Come on, we all remember those days when you were overcome. You know what I'm saying? You got boys and men playing in the back. Got that little sway down. Emotions were surging. And you just wanted to shout to the mountain, I love this person. Then you got married. <laughs> I was playing. It's just kind of a joke. It's a marriage seminar. But anyway, um, but while I believe that there are moments that you have those feelings, even the Lord, this whole concept is a connection of choice that we make to connect with the Father, to have relationship with the Son, and to allow the Holy Spirit to communicate, speak, and guide us. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, the comforter, and the revealer of truth. And so in all of this, it, there is a relationship that we have with the Lord. It's not just theology. It's not just study. It's not just academics. It, it's a relationship. Listen, my kids don't want me to know all about them. They want me to know them. Come on. I, oh, I can dissect their personality. I can, I can know where their giftings are. I can know where their hurdles are. And I can learn them. But really, that relationship, there has to be a connection. 
And listen, we are run in a culture of feelings. Feelings, what love is, what love isn't, what love does. And I want to walk through this today. What love is, let, let, let's, let's talk about this. I'm, it says that love suffers long and is kind. Okay, now I, I, I believe the picture that Paul is painting in this moment with Jesus is is came from the time when he was converted. That that he, G, Jesus didn't send a lightning bolt to Paul and say, "Okay, you've blown it, you've messed up, you stoned Stephen. I'm going to wreck you for the rest." He understood that in that moment there was this conversation, and even though there had to be a process to Paul changing, Jesus was kind. Jesus wasn't a hard-nosed, egotistical. Jesus was long-suffering. When Paul says long-suffering, I believe he talked to the disciples. I believe his own encounter. He was giving us a model of how God deals with us. God is patient and merciful. He's never brash, rash, or hard. Aren't you glad? Come on, have you ever, have you ever messed up? Did God give you the shakedown? Did you, you, I mean, the, the reality, the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And God will let you work it out. God will let you work it out. See, the reality is, yes, God corrects us and challenges us, and one day he'll judge us. But there's no doubt that he's patient. He's patient with you. Come on, there are things in my own life, and I'm like, God, thank you that you have not zapped me. Thank you that you are patient with me. Thank you that you're a loving father. Thank you that you allow me to grow. Come on, and it's so easy how we are not patient with other people, but we are really glad that he's patient with us. You know what I'm saying? It's like I have a list of people that, ah, I just walk in, ah. But in reality, if we were to look at this, I'm prone to impatience. My temperament, my family history, with my kids, my staff, my wife, you know, they do something that it's unpleasant to me. Listen, that I don't value when we deal with people who lie to us or deceive us or manipulate us. It produces a wall of distrust. And, and here's the deal. What happens is that pressure comes on our life and, and we snap or, or we're frustrated or, or we're, you know what I'm saying? And we, we operate out of, not of the Spirit. See, the Bible teaches us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And I would encourage you today that you are not going, this is not a self-help message so that you can have a five-point system on how to love people better. Because you're not going to get there. You're going to have to have an intentional relationship with God and out of the overflow of you being with Him, He changes your nature, but you leak. So it doesn't matter Whoa, man, I spent an hour today. Great, that's 15 minutes in the real world. You got 15 minutes of love. 
And so the Walmart lady that checks you out, you're like, oh, man, it's okay. I realize you don't know how to work the machine. It's okay. God loves you as a plan for your life. You can still go to heaven. Then, then you go to the gas place, and, and, and the, credit, the machine doesn't work. It's like it's not working. I don't know. It has a slot. It's supposed to work. It doesn't work. And so you look at the guy, and he's like, and I'm like, no, I came here because I, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want to have contact. I have something I have to go do. And so, he, and so I walk in and he's swiping and I go back out and I have my receipt. I'm sorry, the ink's not, let me, yeah, I'll get that fixed for you. My face is melting. I, I, I'm thinking in my head, I love you. God loves you. I love you. And then I leave that situation, and I didn't blow it yet. The light of Christ. I I left that situation, and then I went to go eat. And I am just going to tell on myself, okay? I'm a pretty transparent person. I am really bad at ordering food. Because here's the problem. I think in my head, I went to you to tell you what I want and what happens is we clash and both people talk at the same time and it bothers me because I came to you I have money you don't have the money I have the money so why should I get to talk he I have the money and usually about that time one two three I'm done that's why Paul said stay instant pray without ceasing Nobody can live in this world and not blow it, be frustrated, be mad, be a jerk, be unkind. If we just are going to connect with the Holy Spirit and then we leave that presence while he is in us and working through us, time with him releases releases our stress. We take our burdens to him. And all of a sudden, we're able to love in a capacity that we are unable to love if we don't spend time with Him. Love suffers long and is kind. Can we think about this? Jesus suffering long. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't one time when He was walking down the Villa Della Rosa with the crown of thorns on His head, carrying the cross on His back, and He was just like, all right, I'm done. Done. And I want to challenge us as believers to love well. Your love doesn't come from how you feel. Your love comes from a choice. And that's counter to our culture. Because our culture says, if you feel it, that's what's true. That's not what's true. That's how you feel. Truth is higher than how we feel. And so we see this as truth. And so our thoughts come from this. So in in essence, either your thoughts are coming from this or they're coming from you. If they're coming from you, they'll never be able to hold up. The Bible calls that shifting sand. It seems like heavy pressure produces us to respond negatively. And what I want to encourage you is to live a spirit-led life rather than a self-centered life fleshly life. And what do I mean by flesh? Flesh just means the, the 
unrenewed carnal man. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says this, look, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. If you've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you were called. There was a call. You heard it. I mean, I know you're thinking like, hello, can you hear me? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like Verizon. It wasn't like AT&T. It was this desire. I feel like I need to go to church. I don't know why. I haven't been feeling it, but now I feel. I don't know what's going on in me, but I'm feeling drawn to know more about the Lord. I was hurt by church. I took a couple years off, but it still hasn't set well with me. I tried to do TV church. I tried to do this. I tried to do internet, but you know what? It really didn't. I need to be a part of the body of Christ. I need to have accountability. I need there. I need to be in a life-giving relationship and so other people are okay with it but you weren't and so there was this draw that happened yeah. you were called and with all lowliness and gentleness and with long suffering and bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace listen family our hope is at the house that we move together in unity all of us allowing God to move us in a capacity where we love people. Yeah. And, we, and we choose a truth over feelings and over emotion. It's amazing how many people have gone to church and they talk about how church hurt them. Well, I've just been hurt by church. No, you weren't hurt by the institution. You were hurt by people who didn't walk in the Spirit. I mean, that's all I want to tell you. I mean, the institution in and of itself only speaks of God and only speaks of heaven and only speaks of the glory that God wants to do in your life. You were hurt by people. And guess what? If people went to the church of your comments, they would probably be hurt by you too. Listen. We're moving together in unity as we look at our society and what it believes. If I feel it, it must be true. Making choices on what's true. And how do we know even what's true? In, in a shifting culture, we, we look at the word and the concepts in this word and we build our life off of this. And this communicates how we respond and how we act and how we parent and how we, we respond in marriage and how we respond with relationships and what we do with our money. This communicates a framework for us. What love isn't? Let's talk about this real quick. What love isn't? Love isn't. It doesn't envy. Someone may envy. Uh, it doesn't parade itself. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Is there one more? I think there's one more. Is there not one more? Listen, as we look at this, what is, what is it doesn't envy. What does that mean? It's not jealous. It's not jealous. We're not looking around at everybody in the church. Oh, you think you're better than me? I see, I see what you're driving. I see what you're wearing. I see what you're doing. Oh, you think you're better than me? You are better than me. It, it, it's not jealous. I want 
you to be blessed. I want favor to come on your family. I want God to open doors for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to stay, be happily married. I want your kids to grow up and serve the Lord. And I'm not trying to compare my kids versus your kids. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not. And it's amazing how quickly we begin to envy other people. Will you think you're better than me? Uh, no, I've never thought that one time. Actually. But you have had that thought. And the Bible says that we don't compare ourselves with one another because it, 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 it never works out. It never works. There's always going to be someone in a different phase of life than you. And you run your race and stay in your lane. Listen, back in the day I ran track. I'm not saying I was good, but I did attempt it. And so as, as I was running, it's amazing that I can't just run in every lane. I have to stay in my lane. And if I don't stay in my lane, I'm disqualified. And also, when you're running, you don't look around. Like When you're running forward, you don't look backward. Things happen. You know, you can't go this way and that way at the same time. The reality is, I, I want to be encouraged by you. I want to be motivated by you. I want to I I see what God's doing in your life and believe in faith that he can do the same thing for me. But your success doesn't make me feel like a failure. That's crazy. We just went to a birthday party the other day, and it was one kid's birthday, but not everybody got a present. Well, there's so many kids here, they're all going to feel disenfranchised if we don't give everybody a present. And we just don't want their psyche, you know? Some people win, some people lose. Some people do well. Some people are in a season where it's rainy and hard. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Someday it's you. Someday it's me. Have have. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is that when we're not operating in love, we become very critical. Yeah. It doesn't parade itself around. Everyone has value. Everyone here, regardless of what you make, where you live, how big your car, how big your home is, we put so many importance on things that don't matter. You were created with value. We, we, we believe life. We believe in life and all life, regardless of where you grew up or what color you are, there is value on your life. And you are not an accident. And so, if you find someone who has a cocky moment, pray for them. Don't crucify them. It isn't puffed up. It's not arrogant. You are not the sum of your bank account. Come on, God loves you. Jesus had a, died for you. And while we, while we believe in spiritual principles of tithing and giving and, and spending less than you make, and while we believe on these concepts of managing your life, because the Bible says if you're faithful in the little, you'll be rulers over much. I, we believe in these biblical concepts. But I have many friends that I've mentored that got saved in our house that make... Fourteen times what I make. <laughs> and so, baby, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't talk to them anymore. Because I feel a little devalued. Like their Jesus and my Jesus, their Jesus is more expensive than my Jesus. 
No, they just went to school for 10 years. They got a different degree. Does this make sense? Love, love doesn't, it isn't provoked. It doesn't behave rudely. Come on, we're in a culture where we just, however we feel, we're just going to say it on matter. And it's all toxic, toxic. Like, like, like we've lost the value in people. Like you're valuable even if we don't agree, even if you, 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 don't, you don't think like I think. There's still a value on your life, and I believe that God has a plan for your life. But it's amazing how if you don't think like us, listen, we don't behave rudely. We honor each other. Come on, when we come together, I want to honor you. I want to speak into your life. If you're an older man in this house, we want to honor you. If you're an older woman, we want to honor you. Now, that doesn't mean that you control us, but it does mean that we honor you. Because the Bible says to honor those that have gone before you. We're going to be a place of honor. We want our children to grow up in honor. So when they're coming around and, a young, and, a, and an older person says, hey, I want or, or wants to talk to them, we want to train and teach our kids that they stop. They look them in the eyes. They care about other people. Well, that's just not their personality. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. We'll talk about parenting another day. But that personality can grow in Jesus' name. Listen. It doesn't seek its own interest. It's not provoked. It's not out of control. It thinks no evil. It thinks no evil. Come on. We're driving. And we just want to see the person in front of us that's not going the speed limit. Or, or that we come to a four-way stop sign. And the person didn't, didn't, they didn't, they didn't wait their turn. And it's like, God, I just want some people disintegrated. I just want, I, I don't want you to end everybody, just that guy. If you're ever in Pea Ridge, I'm probably the guy running the stops. I'm just saying, don't judge me. My wife does not like driving with me. It's not intentional. I just get distracted. Listen, we don't rejoice in wickedness. We don't rejoice in wickedness. And can I tell you, teenagers, our younger culture, college students, there's a lot of temptation out there. There's a lot of things to do, but don't be distracted and say something's okay when it's not okay. That's not love. Well, I just don't want to say anything. because There's a difference between provoking someone and understanding what it is that you stand for. And you can do that in love, even if they misinterpret what you're trying to do. God is only looking at how you presented the information. Hey, you know what? Man, I love y'all. Y'all don't want to do something else. I'll do, I'm down. But you know, I'm trying to work on some things in my life. And really, that would be tempting to me. Well, you think you're better than me? Absolutely not. In fact, I know I'm not. But I'm trying to do the best I can to be who God's called me to be. There may be some people who are offended. But that won't be on you because you didn't attack them. You didn't come at them. You were doing what God called you to do. And come on, what, what will happen more times than not is that people will look at you and respect you. 
It may be time. It may be a year. But they will come back to you and they'll go, you know what? When you said that, come on, I watched the, the movie of Brian uh, Bullsworth, right? Brandon, Brandon. It was a good movie. I didn't even get his name. Uh, but the whole story was that this guy did not waver. And at the end of his life, the guys that were the guys that were ragging him the most came around and were like, man, we respect you and we honor you. Don't play the short game in life because love plays the long game because it suffers long and it's kind. Come on, somebody. Listen, we want to be life-giving people, not under burdens. God has provided freedom for us. And when we don't walk in love, we are in bondage. We are constantly mad, constantly frustrated. We're short-tempered. What is love? What love does? Let's talk about this. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. So in other words, it doesn't say love goes by how it looks. Love goes by how it feels. Love goes by the facts. It doesn't say any of that. Parents, for your kids, love never fails. It doesn't matter what they're, where they're at right now. Come on, I'm believing that there will be a day when they will claim Christ as their king and it doesn't matter what it looks like and it doesn't even matter that we're not talking right now. I am believing God because love never fails. Jesus was able to overcome Pharisees. He was able to overcome the Sadducees. He was able to overcome the politics. He was able to overcome all of that to complete his assignment. He was able, even able to overcome his own desire to step back from the cross. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, you know, hey, do you really want me to do this? And then he said, okay. Whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm going to do it. Yes. Not my will, but your will be done. It believes all things. It hopes all things. Paul is telling the church that to, to stay together, love is an action. It's an action. And so even when you don't feel like it, you, here's how you feel, but here's how you act. Yeah. Too many times we get discouraged with people and we stop loving and the devil loves to isolate us and pull us away from community, pull us away from people because we see the humanity in people. And I'm telling you, if you look close enough, you're always going to see the issues. But love, come on. I remember when I was first dating Katie. She was first dating me. She didn't see any of my issues. I didn't see any of her issues. We just wanted to hang out together. We were blind. Love blinded us. Were they not there? Of course they were there. Well, for me, of course they were there. But the reality is this. What if we as believers could see it a different way? Like we see God moving in this place. We see the kingdom advancing. We see families restoring. And we just look at it. And it's not like our head's in the sand and we are, we are not listening to the negative. We're just not focusing on it because all of that is temporal. Nations will rise. Nations will fall. Things will happen. Things will not happen. We, we, people have been talking for 50 or 60 years about how this is going to destroy. This is going to destroy America. This is going to destroy America. This is going to destroy. Oh, God. 
God has a hand on this nation. And, and you will always get more out of any relationship if you speak life into it rather than you talk about all the death. We speak life. Now, that doesn't mean that we're un, uninformed. Katie and I are very informed. We are constantly looking and, and doing research on the political candidates. We're constantly doing research on how to manage our money. We're constantly doing research on how to manage well in this area. And as people I, in this church, you can walk out here today. We have voters registration. We have things that are going to be on the ballot. We want you to be involved. Now, some of you will. Some of you won't. But we're going to provide that. You can take one. You cannot take one. But... But we believe that more will happen as we speak life than we speak death. And that was not something that I came up with. That's in the Word. And so if that's bothering some of the religiousness in you, you need to change. Because we have the power to create life. Come on, I can talk about all the things my kids are bad at, or I can create life. The reality is this. I know it's hard to love people. I know it's hard to love, and, and you know, especially when your timetable didn't work out or things didn't work out the way you thought it was. It's a whole lot easier to build up walls than it is to tear them down. But I'm telling you that love and the lack of love will only affect you. It will only affect you we got to stay where we're going. How is the church going to stay together? And I'm not even talking about the house. I'm just talking about the church universal. How is it going to stay together? Because love. Come on, we, we love each other. And we allow people to love us. Now we're in a situation in a culture where we don't allow people to love us. We want to stay silent. We want to stay uh, uh, kind of a hands away. We want to kind of come in church and leave church. But we don't want anybody to really know us. Because if you know us, then you may know about stuff about us. And here's the deal. Part of that is because it's a selfish generation. And part of that is if you really knew me, you may not accept me. But really... Come on, I see time and time again Jesus coming up to people and it was just love. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.